There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27-year veteran detective sergeant out of Manhattan North Homicide Squad today. And the case we're talking about is Naomi Arion. And, you know, like a lot of these um, kidnapping cases, unfortunately, the ending is not a happy ending. And in this case, uh, that happens to be true. But there's a lot of questions still that are not answered for us, for the, the folks in the community, uh, for the family members. I'm sure the family members know a lot more than we know. However, there's a lot of questions, and thank God they did make an arrest in this. And it would be it would make a lot of sense to, to realize that the arrested suspect who's been arrested and charged with kidnapping is probably 99.9% going to be charged with the murder. And some of the questions that folks are asking, of course, is why are they waiting on um, charging him with murder? As long as he's in on this kidnapping first degree charge, they're in no rush to charge the murder. They have plenty of time. They, you know, in many states, they must indict it by a grand jury. But they want to, as we've heard ad nauseum, they want to cross their T's and dot their I's and make sure they have enough information and enough evidence so that when they do pull the trigger on this and he's undoubtedly going to be charged with murder, uh, that they have enough to bring a strong case. Um, you know, one of the things that became apparent um, during this investigation was that when Troy Driver was arraigned on Wednesday, the family already knew that the police um, had recovered a body. At the time of the court appearance, they didn't know 100% that it was Naomi, but I think their instincts told them that it was probably a good chance it was. Um, the case, of course, pending the recovery of the body, was brought to the medical examiner's office where an autopsy was conducted, and, and it was determined to be a homicide, which simply means death caused by another. However, they will not, at this point, again, people are frustrated, they will not put out the cause of death. Um, there's many reasons for that. And mostly, most of the reasons because of investigative integrity. And they want to put out as little information as possible to the public so that people cannot just claim to be witnesses or claim to know things. Uh, and they could have heard it on TV or heard it in the media. So there's one of the reasons that they hold back lots of information. The, this case is tragic in so many ways. I mean, they're also, when, they, when you talk about this investigation, they want to look into the fact or or the possibility that she was stalked on maybe numerous occasions. Um, there's a distinct possibility. You know, many, of course, many young people, they're on their phones all the time and they're on the internet, they're on these chat sites. It's a possibility that even this this predator, a Troy Driver, could, could have, and I'm not saying I have any information that he was, but could have been following her on a social media account, you know, and she may have unknowingly poured out her her routine uh, where she goes every morning, and he could have easily have uh, tracked her that way. So all of these things uh, we consider, all of these things law enforcement is going to thoroughly investigate. Um, Casey Valley's, uh, Casey Valley, Naomi's uh, brother, said a deputy told the family that a body was found before suspect Troy Driver's court appearance on Wednesday. So just think of the fact that they knew, sitting in that court, that there was a good possibility that this guy being arraigned for kidnapping was the murderer of their sister. And they knew that, and they had to listen to the judge offer $750,000 bail. I mean, that must have ripped them apart. I mean, when you think of it, Bail, you know, you don't want to hear about bail at all for a case like this. You know, here's a career criminal 
and they're talking bail. Authorities with the Churchill County and Lyon County Sheriff's offices confirmed Irion's body was, was located in a remote gravesite, reportedly 60 to 70 miles from where she was abducted. Uh, again, we stated that her death has been ruled a homicide, but the exact cause of death has not been released. Uh, Casey Valley accused Lyon County Sheriff's Office of mishandling the initial phase of the missing person case by waiting too long to search for his sister. You know, folks, I spoke about that yesterday in these missing person cases. All of these cases, if someone in the police department tells you, oh, we have to wait 24 hours, that's nonsense. They do not. And the phrase or the sentence that gets police uh, to move immediately on a missing person case is that she's absent unaccountable or involuntary disappearance and there's some foul play. As soon as you can state that and present evidence to that, there's no police department that's not going to take a missing person case. In some instances, when the uh, victim, uh, the missing is 18 years of age or older, there are procedures where they don't just take a missing person case because people 18 years age of age or older are allowed to move about freely and they're allowed to stay overnight, even though maybe their parents or their guardians or their brothers and sisters may not want them to do that. They're free to go about their life and do that because they're not constrained by being under age 18 by what's known as infancy. So uh, it's, it's, um, it's a heartbreaking case, you know, to think that she could have been stalked. I want to play a little bit of a file tape. Uh, News Nation has done a, a, a tremendous job on these cases, and um, specifically Brian Enton. Uh, I got to give him a lot of kudos. He's a young reporter. He's always, um, he's always on top of it. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of his uh, investigation here. And uh, some of it's heartbreaking. One of the things I found the most interesting, he goes to Troy um, Driver's house. And his roommate, he gets very aggressive with him, comes to the gate, asks him why he's there. They have almost identical goatees. I'm like, did they stay in the same prison? You know, look at these two. And uh, I just want you to watch some of this. Put it on the screen. 18-year-old alive is now gone. Last time I spoke with you, um, there was so much hope that Naomi um, would be found alive. I can't imagine what you're going through right now. Yesterday was the worst day of my life. Um, today is the second worst day of my life. It's, it's so raw very raw. Police found Naomi's remains in a rural area about 60 miles from where she was kidnapped at this Walmart in Fernley, Nevada. The daughter of a U.S. diplomat, Naomi lived all over the world and moved to Nevada last year to live with her brother. Her sister says they are now fully focused on getting justice. Yesterday when we got the news, um, everybody was crying and I cried a little bit, but um, I started grilling the detective um, I asked him, when did it happen? Where did it happen? How did it happen? I need you to tell me everything. You were booked on the felony charge of kidnapping in the first degree. Troy Driver was arrested for allegedly kidnapping Naomi, but he's not yet been charged in her death, and detectives are not saying what led them to her body. Excuse me? Sir? So we went to Driver's house. We're just trying to find out what happened to Naomi, and we know that Lord, Troy Driver... Why are you here? Because this is where Troy Driver's truck was that found. That's right, and Troy Driver's my best friend. He's the most decent, honorable person I've ever met in my life. Get out of here, man. Driver has an extensive criminal history. In the late 90s, when he was 17, he went to prison for accessory to murder, convicted of stuffing a body in the trunk of a car and dumping the corpse. You guys are, are trying a man through public opinion over something he did when he was 17 years old, supposedly, all right? Well, he was arrested for kidnapping just days ago. Uh-huh. I don't care. I, I Look, man, I've known this dude better than anyone in the world. He's innocent. But there is now another woman who has come forward who says Troy Driver followed her in the same area Naomi was kidnapped. So this car's been following me. 
And I need somebody to look up the license plate and figure out who the f they are and tell me why the f they've been following me. She says she snapped this photo of the person near the Walmart back on February 9th and she called police. Look at the side by side shot. When did you realize this might be uh, Troy Driver? Uh, last thought, I think it was Sunday, it was last Sunday when they, because I was following Naomi's, one of Naomi's pages, actually I think I'm on two of them or following whatever. So I was like watching the page and stuff. And then once they posted his face up there, I was like, holy crap, that's him. That is definitely him. And that woman says that she did call police when all of this happened. We reached out to them today to see if they have the videos and if that is part of this ongoing investigation. Uh, but we have not heard back. Ruta Bay. So Amazing. You know, folks, one of the investigative checks that, uh, it, you know, we always call it investigation 101 that you would do on a suspect is you would do, especially in a kidnapping case like this, you would do a VTL check. And what does that mean? That means it runs his name on and it gives you every vehicle that he owns. So easy enough, if that's him in that car and they can get the type of car that is, in fact, I think she had a picture of the license plate number, they can run a VTL uh, check on Troy Driver and see how many vehicles does he own. Look, he owns that very specific vehicle. Voila, what a, what a hit, right? What a great thing. So one of the things that, that we, we spoke about investigatively, um, this case, of course, is in its infancy as far as investigatively. However, the great thing about this is they have someone in custody. Troy Driver is in custody. So they can take their time right now. Let's hope that this judge doesn't, I mean, let's hope she rescinds the bail offer because I think it would be ridiculous. You know, when folk, when they uh, say, oh, he's going to be electronically monitored, what does that actually mean? Someone has an ankle bracelet around the ankle. Who's watching them? Is someone watching that screen 24-7 to see if his, uh, if he goes outside the parameters, outside the perimeters where he's allowed to go, which should be just his house. Are they, is someone actually watching that? You know, I've, I've had people in my police career that had ankle monitors on that did a shooting, went out and did a shooting. And then they went home. Well, where were you? Oh, I was out there doing a shoot. I mean, ridiculous. So no one is monitoring that screen 24 seven. So let's keep Troy Driver in jail where he belongs and let him wait his, I think he has another court appearance on April 5th. So let's keep him where we know he is, keep him when, where we can keep the public safe from this predator. You know, it's just, it's just incredible that they could even consider him uh, a good risk for bail. I, I just, I just do not understand this. You know, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's really absolutely ridiculous that they could consider him for um, for bail in this case. And we spoke about it. And look, if he owns a home, if that's his home, he's got a roommate there, then he must have some assets. He may have a bank account. He may have the $115,000 that he needs to get bailed. He may be able to produce the money himself. Or he could take a second mortgage on his house so he could get out. Do we, does the, do the, does the public want this predator out there? You know, they're going to probably prove this case. And as I said, folks are asking in the chat, how come he hasn't been arrested yet uh, for the murder? And that's simple. I explained it to you is that they're waiting to get cross their T's, dot their I's, get all the evidence they possibly can get. Uh, folks are also asking why hasn't he um why haven't they uh charged you know charged the murder because you know they want to have a solid solid case when they bring that uh, when, when they bring that hammer down you know and you know it feels like we've talked about these type of things in other cases of course Gabby Petito uh Summer Wells um but investigatively, this is going to be a big forensic evidence case. And three days after she was kidnapped, I believe they found her car approximately a mile away from where she was abducted. And inside that car, they indicated that there were signs 
of a struggle, signs of criminality. They wouldn't um, talk about what that was. They won't release that to the public. What were those signs of criminality? What what was what was what happened in that car? What did you recover? Did you recover blood? Did you recover uh, fibers? Did you recover semen? What did they recover? All of that's important, but they're not ready to release that now. You know, and a lot of that stuff is done for the protection of the family, but it's also done to protect the case, the investigative integrity of the case. And you know, let's hope they do. They look, they're doing a, a good job so far. Uh, the only complaint we had was from the family that they didn't uh, take the missing person re- report right away. Let me play a little bit of this. We see this individual who was um, stalking stalked and abducted from a Walmart parking lot has ended with the discovery of her body. Police say detectives acting on a tip found the remains of 18-year-old Naomi Arion buried in a remote area of Churchill County. The teenager was abducted in her own car while waiting for a shuttle bus on her way to work in Reno. A 41-year-old ex-con was charged today with first-degree kidnapping. Troy Driver has a violent criminal record, including a sentence of 15 years in prison for his role in a 1997 murder. In so every every time I see that uh, that video of him with his hoodie up and uh, you know seemingly stalking her, it's it's really um, it's really horrendous to see that. And we spoke yesterday about you know, self-defense and being safe in a parking lot, you know, uh, you know, when it's dark, you know, you make sure you make sure all your doors are locked. Try to park near where there's people. Don't park in a far corner of a parking lot. Park close to where there's people. Park close to other cars that may have people inside them that maybe you recognize since you parked here every day to take the shuttle to her workplace. Park close to them. Uh, you know, and, and of course, I recommended that you have some self-defense device, whether it's mace. Uh, Andy, the Gabby Cabby, thank you so much. Electronic tags or BS, if they do something bad, the cops won't turn up instantly to stop them. No bail, no tag, no freedom. Monster, that's for sure, Andy, the Gabby Cabby. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you like this podcast from a police perspective, please go on our YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe. Hit that bell. If you want to uh, support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have our channel members, our YouTube channel members. You can see them in the green font in the chat. And we have five different levels of that. And I want to thank all of our channel members, all of our Patreon members for your support. It's been magnificent. And our channel is growing uh, every day. So we spoke about uh, yesterday. And of course, some of the strongest evidence in these cases is, of course, video evidence. I would think that video evidence, in fact, led to his arrest. And even though it's not confirmed that the man in that car stalking that woman who took a picture of him, no one's confirmed and said, oh, that's Troy Driver. It seemingly would be the case. It looks pretty much like him. And again, as I said, they can do a VTL check a vehicle and traffic law check and check him for every single car that he owns and they can determine whether oh look that's the gray car that he was in that day and look here's the license plate number it matches the number that the woman took the picture of so that's a tool that the police have Uh, the other thing was we spoke about search warrants 100%, 100%, they invoiced, I believe they invoiced, then they uh, took that pickup truck that wasn't also was not confirmed that this was his, but they uh, uh, took it into custody. And you know that they'll be doing a thorough crime scene investigation of that pickup truck to determine if there's any cross evidence, if there's anything from uh, Na- Naomi's body Naomi Irion's body in that truck. Uh, what is it doing in there? She would, ne- would never have been in that truck voluntarily. Or he could have had something on his body. We talk about evidence transfer from her body that he left inside that truck. So, of course, that's very, very, very strong evidence. 
Tabitha True, Barbara, and you know, I had to point this out on another channel last night. And when played soul, you can tell he is alone uh, in the Toyota. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see that uh, Tabitha, but thank you for pointing that out. But um, many things um, about this case, you know, can be solved and can be answered through uh, investigation, through a deep dive into this case. And uh, this case is just so heartbreaking in so many ways. Uh, the poor family of this girl, it's, uh, you know, the mom had to come home from, I, I think she was in Africa where her father is a, um, a diplomat, had to come home to this horror story. Just, uh, just pathetic. I want to play a little bit of um, Brian Enton actually interviewing the family members. And uh, you could see that the family is just so, so devastated uh, by this incident, as any family would be, uh, if they lost their, their daughter to this this savage. Um, trying desperately to save her life, because we know that wherever she is, she is not safe. We have to get to her. Time is running out. Did um, so when she went to work to to work like normal that morning. How did you find out something was wrong? I didn't the first day she was gone. Um, I went to bed early that Saturday. I went to bed around 7.30. Um, I was exhausted. And um, she gets home around 8.15, 8.30 on a normal day. And it wasn't really that weird for us to not cross paths for one day, you know. It also wasn't that weird for us to not check in with each other for, for a 24-hour period you know and when i texted her i texted her once or twice on sunday but i assumed she was at work because i woke up after 5 a.m when she would be leaving um and you know nothing was a mess physically there's no there was no reason for me to believe that anything was wrong um she wasn't answering my text messages i tried to call her um, when she, cause I had a couple things that I wanted to talk to her. I actually, um, my girlfriend and I planted some trees that Sunday and I was really excited about it and I really wanted to show her and, uh, I had a flashlight out ready to go and I was kind of waiting for her to come home. And, uh, when eight thirty rolled around and she didn't show up, you know, I was trying to call her and everything like that. And no response. And my girlfriend convinced me that, you know, something's definitely wrong. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe she was just, you know, doing an 18 year old girl thing. I don't know, you know, but she'd never done anything like this before. Is it a fact? So folks, you can hear, uh, that's her brother, uh, brother Casey, how heartbreaking it is to hear the family speak about this. Um, you know, one of the things that we're all, we should be concerned with as uh, real crime sort of aficionados is listening about the evidence in this case and uh, what the police are looking for. You know, and of course, in every investigation involving a missing person or a homicide victim, cell phone information is just so, so, so important. And there's there's many different parts of cell phone information. And one, of course is a cell phone is a walking, talking, moving GPS device. And that will be able to track Troy Driver's movements every minute of when this was going on by hitting cell sites. They'll be able to find out where he was immediately after this, immediately before this, and, and in the days and weeks following this. They can also track his text messages, and the same goes uh, for Naomi. I believe that when they first found her car, they found it because they pinged her cell phone, and her cell phone must have still been on, must have still been in her car, and must have still been operational, still had battery power because they pinged it, and that's how they were able to find her car. And of course, the car, her car, which this guy Troy Driver forced his way into, we don't know whether... He pulled a knife, pulled a gun, or if the door was open and he just pulled it and forced her into the passenger seat. That is a crime scene. That is a 
a very, very important crime scene. And the police, of course, aren't going to speak about that uh, until perhaps the, the case gets underway, the case goes to trial, um, because there's information that they don't want out there. Um, you know, what if, what if he had an accomplice? What if he's done this before? What if that roommate or his best friend, as he described himself, is involved in this with him? They don't want to give him any information. Um, we also spoke about yesterday that the body, the body, the very body of Troy Driver is a crime scene itself. He may have some wounds from he received from Naomi trying to defend herself from his attack. And so it's very important when you arrest someone for a homicide uh, to photograph their body, to photograph their hands, to make them take their shirt off, photograph all parts of their body in case they received wounds in, in the attack. And that's very common. I thought of that right away. I would make sure that I photographed his entire body and that becomes part of the case folder. Um, and of course, we're always looking for hairs and fibers and, you know, uh, not to get too explicit, but the autopsy um, of Naomi, of course, will be looking for, for biological fluids, of course, uh, pubic hair and things like that. And a rape kit will always be done in a case like this because it's so important. And probably the, um, the whole reason for this attack uh, was, was, sexually, uh, was sexually driven. Uh, this ha has all the earmarks of a violent sexual attack. And um, so that's why all this evidence uh, has to be collected. Um, uh, Julie, uh, excuse me, Marie Green. Julie, thank you for that. Just kidnapping should be murder. Um, Brighton Dunkley, if he had done this before, as other people have suggested, why is he so sloppy? And leave a trail of evidence. Well, you know something. Mo most criminals are not um, not masterminds of criminality. You know, uh, most of them are sloppy. Most of them, we call them. There's there's uh, there's organized offenders and there's disorganized offenders, and they're not exclusive. Sometimes, an organized offender has traits of a disorganized offender, and an organized offender. You know, owns a car, has a job, has a house, uh, works, you know, moves about the community. A disorganized offender is sort of a, a loner, uh, may not have a job, uh, is much more dangerous um, than an organized offender. But organized and disorganized offenders have traits of each one of them. But I would say that Troy Driver is an organized offender. So He's, he's smart enough to do certain things, but dumb enough. He's a criminal. Look, he's a career criminal. Let's not give these guys too much credit. You know, he's a career criminal and, um, you know, he, he's a predator. And let's let's put it that way. He's a predator. Um, again, they're going process to process that pickup truck. That pickup truck is so very important because my question is, could he have had the pickup truck parked at the location where the car was recovered and probably where the attack took place and then have thrown her in the pickup truck and drove her 60 or 70 miles to where the body was dumped and buried in a shallow grave. Um, that's a potentiality. Um, one of the ways that the police um, got to where the body was buried was a tip. In every major investigation, you have a tip line. And this, apparently, there were, um, all over the community, there were billboards up asking for the community's help. These were in all the stores uh, asking for the community's help. And someone obviously listened, or it could be someone close to Troy Driver. It could be a family member, a girlfriend. They could have given him up and didn't want to be, or could have been with him, didn't want to be implicated in this. So they called the police with a tip. And I'm just conjecturing. I don't have access to the case folder, nor do I have access to the investigation. Uh, 
Tabitha True, from my understanding, first-degree murder is the only time you can't get bail, but also the judge said bail would be revoked if he has any new charges, so I hope they charge him with first-degree murder. I think they'll probably hold off on the charge until they have enough to indict him uh, for murder first degree. But let's hope that uh, if, in fact, the judge reinstitutes the bail or is going to let him out on bail, that the district attorney raises heavy-duty objections and says, Your Honor, we have some evidence of that he may have. I'm sure she, the judge knows this by now anyway. Uh, Michelle P., I feel like organized are not both dangerous, just as dangerous as each other, but for different reasons. Michelle, I didn't mean to um, infer that both that organized or disorganized offenders aren't dangerous. They're both very dangerous, you know, extremely dangerous. Um, Adam Zisselman, mistakes are made more often than not in life. Yeah, well, 100%. And, um, you know, especially criminals are no masterminds at anything they do, trust me. And they make mistakes. Sometimes they cover their tracks. Sometimes they just, they you know, they get lucky. Let's not say lucky, but uh, in what they do on their uh... Mudcat, check out Google Earth and beam down to the east side of the Walmart. And finally, there's a guy in gray sweatshirt that resembles the accused. You know, I think that one of the, and I don't know to what extent they have um, these uh in this part of Nevada, but license plate readers are a tool that law enforcement uses that is just invaluable. And if they could show that he was in the area on many times, uh, you know, many times and perhaps stalking people, that also helps to build the case against this guy who happens, you know, who happens to be uh, a career criminal. He really is a career criminal. And, you know, he, he did 15 years on a murder in which his girlfriend shot and killed a fentanyl dealer. But he and another individual were there and they dumped the body. So they facilitated the murder after the fact. So, you know, when people say, oh, he didn't pull the trigger, that, you know, something, there's something called acting in concert. And when you act in concert, you're just as guilty as the person that pulled the trigger, which it indicates that you helped commit the crime. You knew the crime was going to happen. You knew one of the people in your little crime team had a gun and you knew what was going to happen. And instead of you trying to stop what happened, you helped facilitate what happened. So, uh, you know, when people say, oh, he didn't pull the trigger as if that makes him innocent, not just that when he was arrested in 1997, not only did he get arrested for that murder, but he had a bunch of robberies thrown in there that was part of the deal, the plea deal, and a couple of robberies and a couple of burglaries. So this guy is not a good guy, you know? And that guy we saw on the screen and said, oh, this is my best friend. Hey, dude, then there's something wrong with you then, too, if he's your best friend. Because, you know, something this this guy's, he's a, he's a bad guy. You know, he's to totally not a good guy. He's a career criminal. And let's hope, and you know, I have faith in the police. I think that the police are going to do a good job on this investigation. They, um, it's so, there's so much emotion in this investigation. There was just so much, uh, not just for this family, but for the whole community here that this poor young girl, uh, was killed, you know, had everything to live for. She was 18 years old. It's just, it's just beyond crazy. Everybody was crying, and I cried a little bit, but um, I started grilling the detective. Um, I asked him, when did it happen? Where did it happen? How did it happen? I need you to tell me everything. You were booked on the felony charge of kidnapping in the first degree. Troy Driver was arrested for allegedly kidnapping Naomi, but he's not yet been charged in her death, and detectives are not saying what led them to her body. Excuse me? Sir? So we went to Driver's house. We're just trying to find out what happened to Naomi, and we know that why Troy Driver... Why are you here? Because this is where Troy Driver's truck was that found. That's right, and Troy Driver's my best friend. He's the most decent, honorable person I've ever met in my life. 
Get out of here, man. Driver has an extensive criminal history. In the late 90s, when he was 17, he went to prison for accessory to murder, convicted of stuffing a body in the trunk of a car and dumping the corpse. You guys are, are trying a man through public opinion over something he did when he was 17 years old, supposedly, all right? Well, he was arrested for kidnapping. Just You know, it's funny how uh, when he says he was arrested for kidnapping, this guy has nothing else to say. You know, oh, oh, I don't have a defense for that yet. You know, just just totally, totally incredible. World, he's innocent. But there is now another woman who has come forward who says Troy Driver followed her in the same area Naomi was kidnapped. So this car's been following me. And I need somebody to look up the license plate and figure out who the f they are and tell me why the f they've been following me. She says she snapped this photo of the person near the Walmart back on February 9th, and she called police. Look at the side-by-side -side shot. When did you realize this might be uh, Troy? You know, folks, great, great evidence. And, of course, I spoke about before how, uh, you know, they can just do a VTL check and see how many cars does he own. Does he own a gray, whatever. It looked like almost like a Nissan. I'm not sure exactly what kind of car. It could have been an Acura. I'm not sure, but it looked like that. But they can... She also got a picture of a license plate. So what great evidence, all right? And when you marry all of this stuff um, together, the investigative tools you have, marry it together with cell phone sight hits. Was he at that location at that time? Boom, he's nailed. And you put this case together and it becomes very, very, very powerful. It becomes such a powerful case. Um, we, you know, we were speaking about also, of course, and I hate to talk about this because it's, uh, but it's scientific, is is Naomi Irian's um, body. They're going to, hopefully, they'll get DNA, uh, which directly implicates uh, Troy Driver, uh, slam dunk, slam dunk evidence. Uh, perhaps she could have his DNA underneath her fingernails, which is very common. When, when a woman tries to defend herself, they'll scratch and get the DNA, the skin cell DNA from the perpetrator under her fingernails. So all of those things will be part of the evidentiary uh, process that will slam dunk convict this guy, uh, Troy Driver. Um, additional video, you know, and that goes for not just... Um, cell phone video but video from stores video of him driving around uh video from other people that they submitted to the police tips we talked about tips and tips that's t-i-p-s are so so important and in this case a tip wound up um giving the police the information they knew to recover uh naomi irian's body 60 or 70 miles away from where this actual crime took place um so this investigation um someone's got a uh, russian aloha if you ever think you're being followed take four right turns if they're still behind you drive straight to a police station or the busiest place you can find russian aloha i can't say that's not good advice i think uh that's probably very good advice definitely drive to somewhere where there's lots of people if you can't get to a police station but very sound advice. Um, you know, folks, we, we talk about that. You know, we were talking yesterday about safety, especially going into a parking lot and uh, having your keys in your hand when you leave a store to go to your car. If someone's following you and you can yell, scream, hit that alarm button on your car. Draw attention to yourself, right? And if they're very close to you, don't go into your car. If they're right behind you, run away, run away, right? And if they're on the other side of the car, of course, enter your car and lock it immediately because, look, the key fobs are built for security. You click it once, it just opens the driver's side door. Security was built into the new cars of today, you know? Uh, you know, one of the things we also talk about an interview and interrogation is we want to interview all of Troy Driver's co-workers, 
interview people he's done jobs for. He works for a construction company. Uh, many times you can get information from coworkers. There may be plenty of people who don't like him. Maybe there's plenty of people that do like him, you know, where he works. However, they can provide unbelievable information on his whereabouts, his habits, his demeanor, all types of things that could help the police in this case. And that's where a thorough, thorough investigation comes in. Uh, Love yourself. You really don't know anyone. After 41 years of being friends, my boyfriend found out his childhood friend loved wearing women's clothes and liked men to each their own, but you don't know anyone. Well, you know, there's some truth to that, you know. Uh, Bob Murphy, here's the next one. Seems to be happening every day now. Cassie Cawley, urgent search for a missing Florida mother. I have read about that case. I, I'm not up on it yet. I, uh, I'm i going to read into it a little bit more. But, yeah, this is, um, you have to, you know, we talked about yesterday when I had Phil on the show, we talked about situational awareness. And that means to be aware uh, according to where you are. And always, you know, as they say, have your head on a swivel. I don't want you to be that paranoid, but you have to be aware where you are, uh, where you, when you're in a big parking lot, where you park your car. I mean, I never liked those parking garages that are circular in nature and they can be several uh, stories. Those are like, uh, they give the advantage to the criminal. And the reason being is that there's plenty of places to hide they're not very well lit, and there's no one there. You're by yourself, you know, unless someone else is going to get their car at the same time. Um, so it's those places you may not want to park up in one of those. Maybe you want to park somewhere down on the street if you have to pay more money. Uh, uh, Kika, would the cops also try to link to other missing women cases in the area? Absolutely, 100%. Investigators always do that. They'll do a missing person informational search, and they'll find out who is missing in in that area and areas around, and they'll send out what's known as a an FATN message that goes out nationally, and they'll ask. Um, they'll give the MO of the perp. They'll give the uh, the, they'll even send out the fingerprints or the, the, the number where the local uh, police jurisdiction can obtain the fingerprints. And they'll say, this is what we have. If you have any cases that fit this MO, uh, please contact us and we'll, we'll fill you in. Uh, yeah, police in this day and age have the, the best communications that ever been because, of course, social media and computers and that type of thing. So we are all in contact with each other. Folks, if you need a great attorney and you're in the New York area, uh, Joe Murray, retired uh, NYPD cop, is a great attorney. You can contact him at jmurray-law.com. Uh, he's been on the show numerous times. He's a tremendous criminal criminal defense attorney. Uh, you can also contact him at j, joe at jmurray-law.com. He's also got a website, jmurray-law.com, and we highly recommend joe murray he's a friend of the show but he's also a great attorney uh the secret to quickly hiring the best police officers before your competition does with an extremely limited job candidate pool law enforcement agencies have to quickly identify and hire qualified police officers before another agency does that's why nearly 70 u.s agencies have updated their hiring process to include iDetect, a fast affordable non-invasive unbiased an automated lie detector. It accurately identifies lies by watching the eyes. Eye detect also helps solve crimes. Uh, Convera's CEO, Todd Mickelson, shared some stories the other night about how eye detect is changing the way the world detects deception. Remember, the eyes don't lie. Converis.com, 1-801-331-8840, or you can contact them at info at Converis.com. So, folks, uh, what we've learned today is that there's there's no, of course, no smoking gun new information. However, the good thing about this case is that they do have someone in custody. And now the police can take their time and 
put a great case together so that then when they're ready to pull the trigger and indict him for murder first degree, they'll have the best possible case available, you know. Um, we talked about interviewing Troy's co-workers, his family, doing a warrant on his house, a search warrant on his house. Um, and of course, DNA. His DNA now, it should be on file because he's a convicted felon, but they can also uh, get a court order from the judge and have an exemplar, take exemplar of his DNA and compare that against the DNA they have in this case. And that should be another smoking gun. It should really slam this guy, uh, slam the door shut on this guy. Uh, um, it's, it's you know, it's such a sad case, but um, this is where you just pray that law enforcement uh, has has a great case, and, and, and hopefully they do. Uh, Trish Norman, the only good thing about car parks is on your lunch break, you sometimes see people who are having affairs. Yeah, that's, that's true, but you know, at least there's people around, you know. Um, uh, it's just... Um, this is a crazy world we live in, you know. So we came from last week of the, oh, a couple of weeks ago, um, March 12th, the uh, kidnapping occurred. March 15th, the vehicle was recovered. Her vehicle was recovered. And then Wednesday of this week, uh, we found out, we actually didn't find out till Thursday, but uh, Troy Driver was arraigned and the family knew pre-arraignment that a body had been recovered, and most likely it was their sister, uh, Naomi. And um, since then, we we the judge offered seven hundred fifty thousand dollars bail. He has not been released up until this point, so he's still being held in custody, and we're hoping that he never gets bailed. Um, that's one of the things, you know. They when when someone's in, they don't have to worry about them. Uh, well, his DNA might not have been on file because the murder was pre-DNA, wasn't it? No, but he's um, his DNA, DNA will be on file because he's a convicted felon. So um, it should be on file and it should be in CODIS. That's the combined DNA identification system, which is uh, run by the FBI. But they can always have a um, do an, a DNA exemplar. They can get a court order from the judge. And all it is is a swab, a Q-tip swab of the inside of your mouth, the saliva, and it uh, that collects DNA, and that DNA is compared against the forensic DNA that they've collected in this case. Um, hope you guys are learning stuff listening to this. You know, we spoke a great deal about um, Andy the Gabby Cabby. Special awareness is very important. I recommend some kind of self-defense class that teaches you this valuable tool you are a lot safer as a result yes I, I agree andy anyone that thinks that you should look we i spoke about this yesterday with phil if someone points a gun at you and says give me your wallet you give it to them and then they run away fine all you lost was money in your wallet right if someone points a gun at you and says get in the car you run you do not get in that car you run away all right because that's your chance. You, everything that's going to happen if you get in that car is bad. And that's there's been research on that. That's been proven. Do not get in a car with anyone that points a gun at you. Run. Run away. That is your shot. Run away. You know, uh, Renee Kinu, I have lived in a lot of cities and nothing good happens at Walmart during dark hours. Be careful, everyone. Yes, uh, I think that's probably true. That's probably true. They say... Uh, Nothing good happens after what two o'clock in the morning or something. I don't know if that's the time that's always said, or is it midnight? I'm not sure. Uh, Susie Q, excellent show. Thanks, Bill. Very informative, folks. If you guys in the chat, if you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff, real crime stories, please go to our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell, and if you want to support us, go on our Patreon. We have three different levels. And if you want to join the Police Off the Cuff family, go on our, our YouTube, our channel members, 
and we have five different levels of that. Uh, we give you real crime from a police perspective, from uh, an experienced police perspective, from people uh, that have worked these cases, have worked these missing cases, have worked these murder cases, and um, we know what what the police are doing, doing why they're doing it, uh, and we can explain it to you. Mudcat, possible accomplices to be investigated too. And the friend that knew him, driver for years, will need to be ruled out. Mudcat, I would be bringing that friend in immediately. Well, first of all, I don't know if, in fact, the police have conducted a search warrant on that house. You know, they would also have to present um, probable cause as to why they need a search warrant on the house and the judge has to issue. I think there is probable cause uh, to get a search warrant for that house, <laughs> but the judge has to okay it and write up the search warrant. The district attorney write up the search warrant and the judge has to sign it. So I think it's very important. How about has anyone also thought about his computer? His home computer could be a treasure trove of, of information, uh, especially in this world of, um, you know, social media, everyone's on social media, you know, predators are on social media and we should all realize that. Uh, Genlo, they need to bring in his roommates once they get a possible search warrant. I don't know if he has a roommate or roommates or he lives with a woman. I don't know enough about, they haven't released that. Uh, Kika, I learned very young to avoid being taken to a second location at all costs. Also, Pounds of weight to the eye socket pops the eye out gross, but I may help someone. Yes, you that's your secret. That that's fine to be able to protect yourself. Folks, we're gonna stay on top of this case. Uh, any new developments, we're gonna let you know. And I think tonight, I'm not sure at what time he announced it, but Duty Ron is gonna go on tonight with uh, Ed Wallace, crime scene expert, retired NYPD first grade detective. And they're going to take a, a, a deeper dive into the evidentiary, what they're looking for evidence-wise. I think I touched upon most of that. However, Ed Wallace is, is a, a real experienced, as I said, crime scene detective. And he can really go into the hair and the fibers and what they're looking for, why they're looking for it, um, evidence, trace evidence, all of that type of stuff that is going to help to build this case and build a slam dunk case against this guy, Troy Driver. Folks, thank you so much for listening today. And hopefully I'll see everyone soon. Be safe. Have a safe day and a safe weekend. Good, good night. Uh, good afternoon. Good night from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. One episode.